Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Would you kindly turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1? In preparing for our service this morning, the witness of my spirit said to me, I want you to prepare my people for the upcoming Holy Spirit seminar you have scheduled for the end of the month. And of course, I thought to myself, well, now, Lord, I've been teaching on the Holy Spirit in our Wednesday evening services. And once again, the witness of my spirit said, well, that's not enough. I want you to involve and include all of the people. I want everyone to be well prepared. Needless to say, I said, okay. He is the head of the church, you know. He is the great shepherd. I'm just the under-shepherd. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. And it's my responsibility to do what he said do, not what I would desire to do. And so that's what we're going to do without questioning anything else. In the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 8, the scripture reads, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And Father, we come before your presence to study your holy written word reverently, prayerfully. Yielding ourselves unto you and to the ministry of your spirit to teach us, to guide us, to direct us into all the truth. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth of your word and demonstration of the spirit to power. That our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. As an act of our will, we choose to be attentive and will not be distracted. That we may walk as doers of your word and not hearers only in Jesus name. Amen. And what I want to do is begin by sharing with you something that Jesus told Brother Hagin when he appeared to him in 1987, just before that camp meeting. And if you've purchased his book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, then you'll find this recorded there. And let us remember that it's not only for him, but it's for all the body of Christ. I'll be quite frank about it. If you'll read that book, read thoroughly through that book, you'll find out that what Jesus told Brother Hagin there in that book, we've been talking about for two years. Did you know that? I'm saying if you'll read that carefully in some of the things that were said, you'll find out that we've been talking about those things for a couple of years. Emphasizing those things. God's speaking to us by His Spirit. 
wanting to accomplish big and great and mighty things within our midst. But these things don't just occur or happen because God wants them to happen. They occur or happen because God wants them to happen and people cooperate with Him also wanting it to happen. And so I read these words and I thought I'd share these words with you this morning. I bless all of my people as far as I can. But the reason there is not the move of God and the depth of the flow of the Spirit and the fullness of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost today is because men do not take time to hear from me. And they do not take time to follow my plan set forth in the Scriptures. The more closely you follow my plan, and the more my power will be in demonstration and in manifestation. I'll repeat that last statement. The more closely you follow my plan, the more my power will be in demonstration and in manifestation. Now, that's talking about following God's plan according to that which has been revealed in the Scriptures and according to that which has been revealed by His Spirit. God has provided for us the Bible that reveals to us His general will for every child of God's life. Whether or not we follow and pursue His plans and purposes as outlined in the Word is up to us. We can either choose to be obedient to the plans and purposes of God and of His will, according to Scripture, if we want to, or we can choose to be disobedient and not follow His plans and purposes, according to Scripture. Also, we have revealed to us the plans and the purposes of God as He so it leads us and instructs us by His Spirit. Because specifically, He may have certain things that we should be doing or that we are to do that no one else can do. And the only way we're going to understand those things or know about those things is by getting in tune with His Spirit so His Spirit can then give unto us the specific will that the Father has for our lives and then we are to pursue those plans and purposes. As I said... You can only do what God would have you to do, and I can only do what God would have me to do, and we're never to pattern our lives after someone else. I'm not to be pursuing what God's plan or purpose is for your life, and you're not to be pursuing what God's plan or purpose is for my life. We're all supposed to be following or pursuing what God's plan and purpose is for our individual lives. And so often many make mistakes of following other people, and in so doing, the anointing of God upon their own life and ministry diminishes. It doesn't increase. So, I'll be quite frank about it. I'm not trying to follow somebody else. I never have. For an example, you recall there was a time when satellite ministry was just big. I mean big. Everybody's going to have a satellite in their church. They're going satellite dish and all, and all that sort of thing. You know, but I just didn't have that inside my spirit. I mean, if they wanted to do it, that's okay. But it's so easy to follow every wind of doctrine. To be tossed about to and fro. And if you just listen to the average Christian, you'd be, just, you'd be taken in just like they are. I bet that's the norm rather than, you know, the exception. I'll be quite frank about it. Read the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 4 says that the body would grow up and no more being tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, etc., etc., etc. It's easy to do that. See somebody else and follow them. See, it kind of makes it easy for us. We don't have to do any research or homework or wait before the Lord for ourselves. 
And my brother and sister, that's wrong. That's just a cop-out. I mean that. That's just a cop-out. That's wrong. It takes time to wait on God. The greatest of all sacrifices you ever sacrificed to God is your body and faculty members. And you know that? Amen. Amen. Sacrificing our bodies and and our faculty members as a living sacrifice unto the Father God to get our minds renewed to His Word and present our bodies as the, the living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable. So that in our thoughts, our words and deeds, we can glorify Him with our lives. What's going to best glorify God in my life is by my yielding myself to Him to discover His plan and purpose for my life and then setting out to pursue it and fulfill it. Never forget that. You say, but you know, all you're doing is is, um, cleaning the church. I'll tell you something right now. Be thankful that that's all He asked you to do. Be thankful and rejoice. Because if I had it my way, and as you can see, I don't have it my way. If I had it my way, I'd be back there in the, in the back pew, sitting down, praying for this assembly, if that's where God had led me. Just praying for those in leadership, keeping myself silent before the Lord, just praying, thanking God for all that's happening. Interceding in the behalf of those who are in leadership. That they accurately interpret what is the plan, purpose, and the will of the Father. So that no mistakes are made. And you know what? I'll just sit back there and pray and rejoice and thank God for my family. Have a wonderful high time in God. And that's all I've got to do. And if he says, I want you to clean the rug. Or says, I want you to wash the windows. I'd say, I'd be glad to do that, Father God. Be glad to do that. Glory to God Almighty. But no, he had to go and say, I want you to be the next pastor of that church. He had, the, he had to say that. Because you see, right before he said that, I says, I would never even consider it. Isn't that amazing? What you don't consider, God says you're going to do. Thank God he's God and we're not. Because we'd have everything all messed up, wouldn't we? Amen. I'll be quite frank about it. The carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind can't reason these things out. Because I try to my carnal mind, now why in the world you pick somebody like me to be the next pastor of that church? I can't, I can't think, you know, along those lines. I just can't understand that. What are you doing? And then you have to just resign yourself to the fact that God's God. He knows more than I do. If he saw fit to do it, then he's God. Who am I to question what he said to do? So all I'm going to do is just be obedient to him and do what he would have me to do to the best of the ability he's placed within me. Praise God and fulfill his plan and pursue that. You notice that I didn't get on radio. You notice I didn't get on television. You notice we didn't get satellite. You notice that we're not doing all these other things. And you say, well, why? I mean, those are good things to do. You know, mark it down. There can be a lot of good things that we can do, but not God things. There's a lot of good to do, but if it's not God, then you're not going to have the power of God upon it. The anointing on it. And you see, my beloved brother and sister, then you get out and you start doing things in the flesh. I'm not saying that it wasn't legitimate for some people to have that kind of a ministry. Thank God for it. But you know what? God didn't tell everybody to have it. God didn't tell everybody to have a, a, a dipping service in the, in the River Jordan for anyone who's sick with leprosy. He just did it the one time there. Amen? In other words, 
we need to grow up spiritually. We need to get to the place that we have confidence in knowing what the Word of God says concerning us and also what the Spirit of God is saying concerning us. And when we have that confidence and that assurance within our hearts that we are walking in line with the Word of God, being obedient to the Word of God, and following or pursuing God's plan and purpose as revealed to us by His Spirit, then we can be assured that the anointing of God, the power of God, the glory of God will rest heavily upon our lives and ministries that we may fulfill the plan of God in the power of the Spirit. For the work of God cannot be done in the flesh or by the strength of man. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But praise God, we remember the name of the Lord our God and the power of our God and the might and the strength of our God and the wisdom of our God and the ability of our God. Jesus himself said of myself, I can do nothing. But the Father in me, he doeth the works. So the secret, the true secret to success in life and ministry is twofold. To be obedient to the revelation of the Word of God. To be obedient to the instructional teaching of the Spirit of the living God. Amen? You see, that's what's going to make us successful. And that requires a life of dedication and consecration. I know the carnal mind may have difficulty understanding a lot of things. But you see, in the Spirit, the truth is revealed. And so we need to learn to walk in the Spirit. Not according to our carnal thinking, but in the Spirit. And so you see, for that reason, we're going to do exactly what he said do. And I want you to look at the Scripture again. But you shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Had the disciples not tarried in Jerusalem, waiting for the endowment of power from on high, they would not have experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues and the endowment of power from on high that would enable them to be successful in fulfilling the plan and purpose of God for their lives. And to be quite frank about it, I believe he told a lot more than 120 to tarry in Jerusalem. But some, just like today, were disobedient. But thank God for the 120 who were obedient, and they did listen Unto the voice of the Lord. See, we have that today. Oh, I've got my education. I've got my degree. I've got this. I've got that. I'll just go out there and do it. My brother and sister, remember this. It's only when we follow the voice of the Lord and pursue the plan and purpose of God that we're successful. It doesn't matter what degree of intelligence we have. It doesn't matter what background of life we possess or where we've come from. What matters is that God could use anyone no matter what degree of intelligence we have, no matter how successful we have been or have not been, no matter how financial stable we are or we are not, no matter what our 
race is, what our gender is, it doesn't matter. God can use anyone who says, I'm willing to be a vessel, a channel of your power and of your glory and of your wisdom. Here I am, Lord. I yield to you my body. I yield to you my faculty members. I give myself in consecration and dedication unto you. Use me as you see fit. Use me as you will. I guarantee you, you'll have a visitation from on high. I guarantee it. I guarantee you'll have a visitation from on high. And that's what these individuals did. They didn't stand back and say, well, you know what? He breathed on us of the Spirit. And you know what? We can just go out there like we did before. In His name, we cast out devils, didn't we? Didn't we heal the sick and preach the gospel back then? Sure, when He was with us. Who wants to sit up there in that stuffy room? Let's just go on. Do what he said, do. He said to go out there and do it. Let's go out there and do it. No, but the wise one says, yeah, but he also said, tarry ye. Wait. Wait until you're in do with power from on high before you make a move. And then go in the power of the Spirit. Thank God for those that are obedient. Thank God for those that pursue his plans and purposes. That's what they did. And so there they were. Saying, we totally dedicate, we totally consecrate and give ourselves to you and to your service and to do your will. That is the highest sacrifice you can offer to the living God. Is the sacrifice of yourself. Your body and faculty members. And that's what they did. To do it His way, not to do it our way. And there they waited before the Lord in prayer, in supplication, in thanksgiving, giving of thanks, rejoicing in the Lord. Just waiting before the Lord. Sometimes I think we make it too difficult. What is waiting before the Lord? Just like we did here this morning. Just waiting before the Lord. Not looking for something spectacular to happen. Just waiting before the Lord. Worshiping Him. Magnifying His holy name. Singing unto Him psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And quoting the Word. Thanking Him for how good He is. Etc. 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 That's it. And they waited before the Lord. In other words, we're not budging. We're not moving till you direct our path. Till you illuminate the way. And as they were with one mind, one heart, one accord there in that place called the upper room, waiting before the Lord, just as He said, they had a visitation from on high. Out of heaven, we know, the Spirit of God began to move and flow. And in that upper room, as a rushing mighty wind, cloven tongues of fire, sat upon each of them that appeared. And they were all... I guarantee you they were all, because the Scripture says they were all. But you know what? I don't believe they all were there. I believe there could have been more there. I believe there could have been more there. But those that were there, all. Do you see that? I like that, because you know what that tells me? All those, all those, all those who desire to consecrate and totally dedicate themselves to God. All of them. We'll have a visitation from on high. Not one exception. They were all there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, the disciples, they were all there. Other followers, they were all there. Thank God. And so you see, it doesn't matter who we are. If we have the same attitudes, same motives, same desires, follow the same pattern, the same purpose, the same plan, we'll experience the same result. We'll have our visitation from on high. Be filled with the Spirit. 
before we are thrust out into the service and the work of our God. Make note of this. It is in the plan and purpose of the Father of God that all of His children be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance and learn how to maintain a Spirit-filled life. I'm going to repeat that. Many are trying to determine or to discover what God would have them to do, yet they are neglecting the most important thing that they need to do once they become a believer. It is in the plan and purpose of the Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ that everyone who is born again becomes a child of God, be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, and learn how to maintain a Spirit-filled life. For if we do not become Spirit-filled and speak with other tongues and learn how to maintain a Spirit-filled life, then we are not closely or fully following the revealed plan and purpose of God for our lives. This is called walking in the light. If we are not Spirit-filled, speaking with tongues, and if we are not maintaining a Spirit-filled life, we are not closely pursuing the revealed will of God, His plan and His purpose for all of our lives as individuals. Sometimes I think we have presented this message in such a way that people think they can take it or they can leave it. I'm a child of God, I'm on my way to heaven, and that's all that matters. Well, my brother and sister, that is not true, and that is an improper attitude of the heart. The truth of the matter is, Jesus Himself said that we are to be filled with the Spirit. All believers should be Spirit-filled. That's what He said. We should receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of the Spirit speaking with other tongues, and then we are admonished also to learn how to maintain a Spirit-filled life so that we can then closely follow God's further plans and purposes that He has for our lives. If we are not doing that which is initial, how in the world are we going to try to figure out anything else? It is important for each and every one of us to recognize this. Now, notice this. If we are not spirit-filled, if we are not maintaining a spirit-filled life, then you know what? We do not have the degree of the presence of God, the power of God, and the glory of God revealed in our lives that God wants us to have. We don't have it. When one is spirit-filled, there is a greater anointing There is a greater manifest presence. There is a greater power of God, not only within, but upon, abiding upon that person's life. When we learn how to maintain a spirit-filled life, that initial presence, power, and anointing of God then is enhanced by degree in our lives. 
And for this purpose, God wants us to learn how to maintain a spirit-filled life so that His glory, His power, and the anointing can be increased steadily in our lives until we get to the point or to the place in our lives we are more operating in His power, in His wisdom, in the forces of His life than we are in our own strengths and abilities. And it'd be nice if there was a way just to bypass all this and just step from, you know, point A over to point D without going through B and C. It'd be nice. But that's not the case. If we want to have God's miracle working power evident within our lives, if we want to have the forces of life to be flowing mightily within our lives, then it is absolutely essential that we become spirit-filled, speak with other tongues, and learn how to maintain a spirit-filled and controlled life. And that's exactly what the Father God would have me to express this morning. There's no other way. It doesn't happen any other way. Thank God that you can go to a place and get a miracle. Thank God for that, where God is moving by His Spirit. But one does not live by that method. We are not told to live by spiritual manifestations. We're not told to, to live by the spectacular. We are told to live by faith. And this is faith in the words of Jesus. Faith in the revelation of God that has come forth to us. And if we'll believe that what he says is true and act accordingly, not only will we have the initial endowment of power from on high, but that power will increase steadily and mightily within our lives. We'll get to a place that will accurately be in a position where we can accurately interpret the flow of the Spirit, move in line and in harmony with the Spirit, and we'll be directed and guided throughout our lives by the power of the Spirit in such a manner that we'll be successful in all that we set our hands to do. And my brother and sister, I'm going to say it just the way it needs to be said. We're living in a day and an age right now that we have to walk in the power of the Spirit. Because there won't be any success. Young people out there, you listen. You've got some demon forces out there that want to just destroy your lives. Contaminate your thinking and pollute you, your thoughts, your mind with all kinds of, of evils. And they're trying to sway you, to distract you, to, to, to get a stronghold over your lives, to get you to do that which is wrong and displeasing in the sight of the Lord. And yeah, I know you're young out there and you're vulnerable out there, but I want you to know something. Don't let anybody, anybody kid you or tell you that you can do it any other way. The only way you are going to overcome the temptations to do evil, to do that which is displeasing in the sight of the Lord your God, is by the power of the Spirit of the living God as He quickens the Word and makes it alive and a life-giving force inside your life. That's the only way. For greater is He who is in us. And who is in us? God the Father, God the Son, by the power and presence of the Holy Ghost, than He that is in the world. Jesus Himself did not go out there into the world to continue the works of the Father until He was first tempted by the devil. And He wasn't tempted by the devil until He first got filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. And when the power of God came upon him, the word was quickened inside him. And when the devil tempted him to do that which was wrong and displeasing in the sight of the Father God, he said, it is written. And it wasn't just the word. It was the word empowered by the Spirit of the living God that enabled him to put the devil in his place beneath his feet and behind him. 
Can you say amen? amen? That's what did it. And if that's what it took for the holy, immaculate, spotless, sinless, blameless Son of God, who in the world are we? We're not going to do it any other way. No other way. But walking in the power of the Spirit. And you know what? I just can't do it any other way. I mean, do you think I like to walk around speaking with other tongues in this foreign language that I know nothing of? Just because, well, that's a nice thing to do. And that, that's cute. Isn't that nice? I'm sure I sound just as funny as you sound. But you know what? I've learned to get my head out of the way. Just get it out of the way. And recognize that if God, my Father, says that by praying in the Holy Ghost, I learn to maintain a spirit-filled life, and that my power is resting upon you in a glorious way, then so be it. Then so be it. I'm going to say it just the way it is, just like the Scripture reveals it to us. There is no other way to generate miracle-working power in our lives. There is no other way to enhance the miracle-working power of God in our lives. There is no other way to really activate, you see, the Spirit's ministry within our lives than by speaking with other tongues, singing in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. It is the primary way every child of God should be praying in their devotional life. I mean that. I said just, just this morning, I stood up here, I thought about the nation. And I stood before that pulpit and I, behind it and I said, Oh, Father God, the nation. This nation needs revival. Needs your power and demonstration. This nation needs to put the devil behind and beneath its feet. And I'm thinking, here I am, one person, one individual. How in the world am I going to reach out and pray for what needs to be wrought among us? When all of a sudden, out of the depth of my being, rose up within me utterance from the Holy Ghost. And I just, just shut off my, my own reasoning faculties. Because there's so many ways you can think of praying you know, for the children, for the youth, there's so much pornography out there. There's so much sexual immorality out there. There's all kinds of things that are out there. We hear about all the, the witchcraft and, and, and people getting involved with, with demonology and all kinds of stuff that's out there. And you, and you wonder, what can one person do? And how effective can we be in putting programs together to stop this and stop that? My brother, brother and sister, I want you to see this. I firmly believe that if every child of God who claims to be a child of God, who is a child of God in the United States of America, got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to pray in tongues for this nation, I mean in the power of the Spirit for this nation, it would not be very long. It wouldn't be very, very long. Very soon, I believe, we'd see a manifestation of the glorious power of a living God in this place that would hurl back and drive out the wicked forces of darkness and put them beneath our feet where they belong. It's not going to work with all kinds of programs. And thank God for helping people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about dealing with the cause. Programs deal with the symptoms. But the power of God deals with the cause. We can make the devil flee from us as in terror because we come together. And I'm not talking about things that are exaggerated. There was a time when the people of God on our in East Coast, in New York, 
got themselves together and they knew that there was a ship coming over with, with people who were full of the, the, the activity of Satan and demon powers. They were coming in to, to take over the land. I mean, they prayed. They prayed the power of God in such a matter, in such a way, they never made it over. Kept them away from our land because of the power of prayer in the Spirit. We are so limited with our natural intellectual resources. We don't know what. We don't know how. But praise God by the power of the Holy Ghost with an unknown tongue. We have unlimited abilities in God. And we can pray revival down to this place. We can pray the power of God in the manifestation. We can drive out the demoniacal forces of darkness. We can let the things of God prevail within our lives and within our midst. If we'd only rise up to a place of desire. And action. I mean that from the depth of my being. In the book of Ephesians, there's no other way to get power, my brother and sister. No other way. He shall be endued with power. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. If we are not spirit filled, I want us to underline these scriptures and just make note of it. If you're out there and not spirit-filled, believe me, it's, it's just a message that we all need to hear. And It's not just being spirit-filled either. It's, as I said, it's maintaining a spirit-filled life. Make note of these scriptures and recognize that it's impossible for you as a child of God to experience what these scriptures are teaching without being spirit-filled and speaking with other tongues. You mean improbable? No, I mean impossible. Just can't do it. It's impossible to do. God wants us drunk. I've never been so more serious in my life. God our Father wants us intoxicated with His Spirit. You know why? Because it means you're under the control of... When someone's under the control of alcohol... You mean alcohol can control someone's life? Alcohol can break the will, can weaken the will. It'll be demon forces that will control the life and manifest through that person's life. Sometimes in anger, sometimes in sexual immorality, etc. God wants us intoxicated with His Spirit to the point that we are so yielded to Him that we're not operating from our own intelligence, from our own perspectives, viewpoints, the way we see things. We are so under the control of His Spirit that what we are doing, although maybe out of balance with our natural thinking, is in proper balance with His spiritual thinking. We cannot exercise ourselves in these things and experience these things unless we are first spirit-filled. Because he's not writing to people who are not spirit-filled. He's writing to spirit-filled believers. And he says to them, And be not drunk with wine, in verse 18. Back up to 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And we're talking about following or pursuing the plan and purpose of the Father. This is the will of the Father. That what? That we be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
How? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks and submitting. But primarily, the main way we are going to become intoxicated, drunk in the Spirit, to the degree that we are controlled by the Spirit of God in the things that we do, is by not only being Spirit-filled and having once spoken with other tongues, but by developing the fluent language of the Spirit, and then from that point on, learning what it means to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and make melody from our spirit unto the Lord. Why is this essential and necessary? Because we'll not be able to fulfill John 4.24, which says we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's very difficult to introduce change into any body of believers. I thank God for all the hymns. I thank God for all the hymn books. I thank God for all the things that man has done in attempting to get us to truly worship God. But my brother and sister, we must face facts of truth and realities. The Bible teaches us that the best and the primary way we can truly worship God, our Father who is a spirit, is with our spirit, from our spirit. And we need to be well taught in the things of the Spirit so that from our spirit we can offer thanksgiving and praise unto God. Some people get offended if you sing in tongues in a a public assembly. And I think that Pentecostals, for the most part, have taken a back seat to that. Well, we don't want to... My brother and sister, you know, primarily we're to have believers meetings. We're believers that are here. And we're not to cater to the, to the will of man. We're to cater to the will of God and do what God would have us to do. The Bible says the Father is actively seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And we have left undeveloped the things of the Spirit to the degree that there are many who have been Spirit-filled one time, spoke with other tongues, and thought that was the end of it all. But my brother and sister, God is speaking out strongly by His Spirit, and He's saying, no, that's only the beginning of it all. The door has only been opened. Develop fluency in the Spirit's language that I have given unto you, and then begin to sing unto yourselves, to edify yourselves, to build yourselves up, so that I can see that you are a people that will worship me in spirit and in truth, and then I can place my hand of approval upon that work that is in that place, that is in that individual life, and then so shall the activity of the Spirit begin. For the door shall be open, and further doors shall be open. Utterance shall be, begin and continue to flow. And the things of the Spirit then shall be in reality in the midst of those people. Oh, glory to God. This is what he's saying. We are living in a day and an age that we recognize medical science not going to cure everybody's body. Oh, my brother and sister, it's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. It'll never happen. Scriptures teach us it will never happen. There'll be incurable disease as long as man's on the earth. But thank God for the power of the Spirit. Thank God for the power of the Spirit to quicken our mortal bodies and drive out the forces of evil. See, once again, we overlook the connection between the healing power of God, driving out sickness and disease, and being Spirit-filled, speaking with other tongues, and also maintaining a Spirit-filled life. And God is saying to us by His Spirit right now, 
that if we're going to be successful, if we're going to be victorious, if we're going to rise high above all the law of sin and death and be the overcomers that He said we are, if we're going to reign with Him in the realm of life as kings by one Christ Jesus, we cannot do it our way, following our plans, having done or doing in services what we want to have done. We've got to come here, prayed up in the Spirit. You know, some people say, well, you know, I've just come from work and I've done this. But you know what? If you'll, if you'll practice this, it doesn't take long to get into the Spirit. It's an attitude that exists. If you walk through those doors and say, right now, I'm stopping the carnal, I'm going into the supernatural. If you'll stop right there and say, I'm going to walk into the Spirit. I'm going to move in line with the Spirit. I'm going to act in the Spirit and understand the things of the Spirit. It will not be but a few moments before you'll begin to enter into that realm of the Spirit through speaking with other tongues and praising in the Spirit and worshiping in the Spirit. And the power of God will be in manifestation. The glory of God will be revealed. And you'll enter another plane, a higher plane of spiritual awareness. It doesn't take long to do it. And that's why the Father is saying, I want my people prepared. I want them prepared for this mighty move because I want to move mightily. I want to manifest myself in great demonstrations of my power and of my presence. And this is how it will be wrought and this is how it will be done. And so, beloved, we are giving ourselves over unto this work of the Spirit within our lives unashamedly. We're not going to be ashamed of the things that belong to the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of it. I speak in tongues more than you all. You say, well, what about his public? He was talking about giving out personal messages. He was talking about these manifestations that are public, not just private and individual life, that we can also enter into publicly when it's just at that level. Not everybody's going to stand up and come up here to this pulpit right now, in other words, and start speaking out a psalm and a hymn and spiritual songs, unless we said we're going to do that one night. We can do that, then it's all, all right to do that. But when it comes to public worship in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, manifesting the presence and the power of God... We're all to do that. Because Colossians 3.16 says that we are to, be admo- to, to admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and make melody in our hearts unto the Lord. Beloved, this morning we're going to stop it right here and we're going to enter into the second phase, which is example. Not just precept, but also example. We're not going to back off of the things of God. We're going to demonstrate the power of the Spirit. We're going to make available to everyone the opportunity to enter this realm of God. We're not going to compromise the Word of God, the things of the Spirit of God. We're going to enhance those things within our midst. We're going to give place to those things. We're going to worship from our hearts. We're going to worship in the Spirit. We're going to throw ourselves upon the mercies of our God. Amen. And we're going to allow Him to move mightily within our midst. We are going to be well taught of the things of God. We're going to know the purpose of the Spirit. We're going to flow with the Spirit. We're going to know the purpose of the manifestations of the Spirit, how they operate and how they work. I'll be quite frank about it. We're going to be prepared. We are going to be prepared for the moves of God. Not just a few, but all of us. Whosoever will is going to enter in. I believe there's coming a day. People are going to walk through those doors like I keep saying. I'm going to keep saying it. And the moment they hit those doors, there's going to be such a presence of God, they'll have to stop speaking in English and start speaking in tongues. What about this tongues? Yeah, they spoke with other tongues when they were spirit-filled. When you get spirit-filled, you speak in tongues. And they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues and prophesy. And then speak in tongues and prophesy. We're going to have people speaking in tongues and prophesy. Speaking in tongues and prophesy. 
interpreting tongues, and it's going to go from there. And it's just going to get bigger and 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 bigger. We're going to get so caught up in the things of the Spirit, who's going to care about what man's doing? We're not going to be concerned about what man's doing. We're concerned about what God is doing. Can you say amen? Praises and musicians, would you come? Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.